welcome to uh, this week's Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Peter Bagshaw. I'm the mental health lead at Somerset NHS and a GP. And I'm delighted to be joined by two guests today on what's a special uh, recording for us uh, to coincide with World Suicide Prevention Day 2023. So welcome both. Sammy, do you want Me to introduce and yourself I'm the lived first? I'm experience peer for suicide bereavement with Mind and Somerset. Fantastic. And Steve? Yeah, hi, I'm Steve Ryder. I am an SSBSS uh, volunteer. Fantastic. And we can tell it's live because we've actually pulled you out of a, a support group at this very moment, haven't we, Steve? So thanks for taking the time. So, yeah, that's fine. Suicide, obviously, a very emotional issue. Um, we'll put lots of support for anyone who is affected by the discussions we're going to have uh, in uh, uh, in our show notes. And we're aware that that's in, very important to give support, both from people contemplating suicide, thinking about suicide, and also people who've been affected by it in loved ones or relatives. Um, can I start off with both of you by sharing as much or as little about what's taking you to where you are at the moment. Sammy, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, so I was bereaved by suicide when I was five by my grandma. And then in 2019, um, when my husband died. Um, so kind of since 2020, I've been working with Mind in Somerset, um, mainly focused around suicide prevention and obviously bereavement. And yeah, it's amazing that we have spaces like we do on Saturday where we can all come together and support people in both the preventative side and the bereavement side and allowing spaces for people to feel hard and connected and not as isolated. Um, I think for people who have suicidal ideation or bereavement, it's a very isolating space to be, which is why events like um, Saturday are really, really crucial in bringing everyone together. Wow, that that's fantastic. And, you know, my thanks on a personal basis for turning such terrible tragedies into something positive to help other people. It's uh, inspiring when people can do that. Steve, do you want to share a bit about what's taken you into this field? Yeah, sure. Um, so I lost my um, youngest daughter to suicide in October 2020 and following uh, that I, I, d I didn't know really where I was going after that uh, and it was only through um, contacting Mind in Somerset and then um, following on from that the Somerset Suicide Bereavement Support Service that um, I began to sort of pull myself back a bit and then it became sort of important to me to to try and help other people um you know i didn't know all the reasons for um you know what happened to my daughter because at the time she was living in ireland uh, and it was obviously in the middle of the pandemic uh, and all that so yeah I, I just felt there was a, a need to to be a part of helping people and so um i i come aboard with um the SSBSS as a volunteer, mine in Somerset, also an orange button holder, um, and uh, yeah, and I, I help facilitate the the peer group in in Street in Somerset. And just for people who aren't aware, can you tell us a bit about the orange button? 
yeah so the orange button scheme is um a little scheme where you get a bit of training and you have this orange button you wear which you wear um and it shows people that you're someone who can be approached um and who can you they can speak to without you know stigma and discrimination around the world the word suicide so um yeah it's just someone to talk to and you can signpost them on then to you know like mind in somerset and, and and other places to to help get the help they need brilliant thank you it's a it's an excellent scheme i recommend it to anyone who's not familiar with it and thank you both for sharing your stories about what must be i would have thought the most difficult thing it's possible to cope with so sammy if i can turn to you what are the things that you experienced that maybe other people who are going through this would find it helpful to know is normal and, and what things did you find to help get you through this? What what were the support things that made a difference? I think with bereavement by suicide, the variety of emotions that you can feel in one singular day um, is more more profound than with any other bereavement. Um, you know, we get feelings of guilt. Um, some people have feelings of relief when if someone's sort of struggled for a long time and you've been supporting someone there's a those elements of relief there um guilt of could you have done more um could did you did you spot the signs did you or anything like that um and I think those those are the feelings that make suicide bereavement that bit more unique um and because of those feelings that's why we go so isolated um because we don't really want to talk about feelings of guilt or relief um and I think with the stigma around suicide, it prevents people from talking willingly about that person because you don't know if the other people that you're talking to are going to be judging you or judging the, your loved one. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely definitely a more complex death to kind of navigate in terms of grief. And um, I found it really useful with projects like Suicide Bereavement, um, where, like Steve says, we have the support groups. Um, so we've currently got four across Somerset and they're just a safe space to go and you don't really need to share if you don't want to but we just take you for as you are and if on on that day if you're feeling angry or if you're feeling the guilt or if you're feeling nothing or if you're coming up to the anniversary we just hold that space for whatever you are feeling um there's such the groups are such an amazing space for people to just come together and be held but with no judgment um, behind it. And I think what you've said is really powerful there. So after being bereaved for any reason, people have a mix of emotions and really there's nothing that's abnormal in that, is there? But but suicide adds that extra layer. Um, and you mentioned guilt several times and having been professionally uh, involved, sadly, with with a number of suicides over my career, I know that feeling of guilt is something that lasts a, a long time. This feeling, well, surely I should have spotted this. I, I should have looked for the signs. I should have been able to do something. How, how do you cope with that level of grief, of guilt? I think it's definitely a take each day as it comes. Um, we, you know, with one suicide, up to 120 people are affected. Um, and that is professionals and personal um, people around that one person. and. We've just got to remind ourselves that actually 
that that person chose to do that and at the end of the day they have the authority to do that on their own life and no matter what we could have done we might not necessarily have been able to change their mind on it um I think we always look for something to blame and I think with suicide it's harder because you can't you don't want to blame the person but if someone died by cancer you have you blame cancer um for their for their death but I think that's why it makes suicide bereavement that much more challenging because you don't want to blame your loved one for dying. There is this odd human necessity to explain everything, isn't there? Even if that means burdening yourself uh, with, with guilt or pain to do that, or or even blaming the other person sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we always uh, want answers. Always why. The most people come into the service and their biggest question is why. And we're like, we don't know. That's We're never going to get that answer. Um, but I think as humans, we we look to seek out the why and the explanations and well, there must have been a reason and we won't get those reasons. It's a hugely strong drive, isn't it? And and sometimes we'll we'll overcome the, the rational bit of us that realises that we, we can't find answers. Steve, can I ask you the, the same question? What what emotions did it throw out with you and, and what resources did you find helpful to get through? If you ever get through, I don't know. Perhaps um, that's the wrong phrase. Yeah, I personally, I I would say it's something that I don't think you will ever properly get through. It, it's not, not like um, uh, it's it's difficult to explain. I mean, coming it from a, a father's point of view, um, you never expect to outlive one of your children and you know the amount of kind of guilt and stuff that i went through because you know my children were living in southern ireland uh you know and i went through all that i didn't do enough to to keep them here i didn't do enough to support them i didn't contact them enough I didn't listen to them enough so there's all that that, that, that rumbles around in your head uh, you know and when you get to this point i mean i'm nearly three years down the line uh, from losing my youngest daughter and even now sometimes you wake up and it still feels like it was that day you heard it still feels that roar um, and you know it, as much as you do to try and help people it's like I, I, you sit back and think you know I, I, if I help one person that's brilliant I, I, I've done everything that I can I could even ask just to help one person but then you 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 sort of go back from that and you you sit down and you know you you think to yourself about everything and it's like you know you're you're, you're amazed you've got this far um but uh you 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 just sit back and think well at the end of the day that's still not changing how I feel I, I still miss that person more than anything. Um, and sometimes it, it's fine. Sometimes, you know, you wake up on your days and you're fine, you're happy and it, it you, you think about them and it, it's all good, but it's like a roller coaster. It's always up and down twists and turns. There's, there's, it, it's not like somebody said to me, oh, yeah, but you'll, you'll, you'll get over this like you did when your mum died. And it's like, no, that's not the same. My mum passed from cancer 26 years ago. Um, 
So I'm, I, I, we, to a point, you're expecting that sort of death, but something like this, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't expect it, and you, you still hope to wake up one day, and it's, it's all just a crazy dream. Mm, absolutely. And I've heard it said that bereavement is coming to terms with it is not like getting over a flu or or some medical illness. It's it's like recovering from losing an arm or a leg and you learn to adapt, but the loss is always there. Is that something that that you would both say applies to you? Yeah. Is that valid? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So you've chosen to as one of the ways I presume of dealing with that grief and all those feelings to try and help other people. Sammy, do you want to tell us a bit about that and, and what difference we can make? Yeah. So um, I find because of the feelings that I had with the isolation and stuff, it's definitely driven me to make services more accessible to people. So they, we have that space um, and again, going back to the stigma around suicide, I think that does isolate people, um, which motivates me even more to make sure that people aren't sat at home with these feelings and going through this grief process by themselves. Because, you know, I was surrounded by family when my husband died, but I felt very alone in my grief because I felt like I couldn't talk about my husband and anything and how I was feeling. And if I'm feeling like that, I can guarantee that someone else is. Um so, you know, groups like projects like Suicide Bereavement and the event like the event on Saturday are amazing places for people to come together and talk about their loved ones and talk walk in their memory, um, helping them to keep that person alive in the, in the good way um, and not because of how they died. Sammy, do you want to tell us a bit more about Somerset Suicide Prevention Support? project and I probably got the name completely wrong there but you'll get it right for us <laughs> yeah uh, Somerset Suicide Bereavement Support Service um so we are a service that um operates across the whole of Somerset um we offer one-to-one -one support um for anyone bereaved by suicide this doesn't have to be um you don't have to join our service immediately after the the bereavement we do have some people that come back in 10 20 years later and are then finally ready to be able to talk about that um so you can have one-to-one -one with peer support workers or counsellors we then offer the four peer groups across Somerset which are Bridgewater, Taunton, Yeovil and Street and again these are just an hour and a half um a space for people to come share if they want to share or just to just be around people we never really have any sort of fixed agenda on what we talk about. It is, if there's an anniversary coming up, people can talk about that. Um, but it is very much what the group needs on those days. And um, yeah, we also have our 24-hour um, support line, um, which people can ring just if they need advice or guidance um, or just want a one-off chat with someone. Um, so yeah, that's the service. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And we'll we'll put the contact details in the show notes. And for anyone listening outside Somerset, we know we've got a lot of listeners from uh, both the rest of the UK and indeed all over the world. There will be similar support services available where they are. Steve, again, same question. What's, what are you involved with and how do you find it helps and um, what do you do? 
yeah, so with um, the Somerset Suicide Bereavement Support Service, I've been both uh, a user and a volunteer. So um, obviously, I came in as a user um, after I lost my daughter. And to be perfectly honest, I, I found that service to be, you know, completely invaluable to me. Um, if it wasn't for them and the help they offered me with just, you know, the peer groups, you know, one-to-ones, um, counselling and, and, and everything, it was, I don't, I don't know where I would have turned had it not been for that. And I, I am, you know, I'm eternally grateful for, for everything they did for me. And I think it was, it was that that helped me to, to move on to, to, different things to try and help people so to volunteer to facilitate the the peer group um so that people can come in and and have that space to to sit and, and talk and vent if they need to you know um like uh, like sammy said it, it's a it's a space where people can come and talk about anything if they just want to sit there and have a cup of tea and listen that's fine if they want to you know if they want to sit there and rant and rave or you know have a, a cry whatever it's it's a safe space for them to do anything they want and you know nobody's going to sit there and judge them or look at them you know it, we, we've all been there so we all know how each other's feeling and you know obviously further from that uh there's the orange button scheme and being able to be um you know an ear to people to you know listen and to help them to get the the help they need um but yeah it, it's yeah it's just being a part of something i suppose and like the event on saturday um the walk for life um it's another place to to meet different people because everybody's experience and grief is is completely different and you know the more people talk and the more people get involved with groups and stuff the more they could help other people just by their own experiences. I think that's a really important point that you make. And I've known a lot of people who said, well, nobody can help me because nobody can understand what it's like to have experienced what I've experienced. But both of you absolutely, sadly, know that completely. So people who go along to these services, I think if they're peer supported, it means that there will be people there who who have, as you say, not the same experience because everyone's is is unique, but will have an understanding that that most people wouldn't have. So, are there? You mentioned the Walk for Life. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Is that a, a local scheme? Is that a national scheme? Um, so the event is local. Um, so we are in Taunton this year. Um, however, so However, it's obviously for World Suicide Prevention Day, um, which is seen across um, nationally, um, which is on the 10th. But our event is on Saturday the 9th um, in Taunton at the Castle House at the Museum of Somerset. So um, we have lots of different organisations. So Suicide Bereavement will be there, Mind in Somerset, Public Health, Somerset Council, um, all there to kind of offer support guidance um and just holding space for people if they need it on the day as well um it starts at 10 
And then at half past 10, we have a walk. So we go and we walk for a life. So people can either walk for themselves, um, for a loved one or family friend, um, whoever they want to walk for. Um, and we will walk from Castle House um, up to Vivory Park. Um, when we're in Vivory Park, we will have a bit of a reflection moment and we will lay flowers on the afterlife bench um, at the top end of Ivory Park before heading back to the museum um, where there's like teas and cakes and stuff and people can just can just talk and just be and like we said pick up any additional information or if they've been looking to reach out to a service but haven't quite had the confidence to do it it's a great way for those introductions into different services. Fantastic. That sounds a really good event. And I hope the uh, the current warm weather holds until then. It's a sign of, of uh, how we're almost live that uh, most of the summer I wouldn't have been able to say that. But uh, today we can. So that, that sounds a great event. It, it may be worthwhile just setting in context that this is not that rare a problem, sadly, that suicide, I, I think I'm right in thinking, is the leading cause of death in males under 30, um, men to women, three to one. Probably some more facts that you guys know that you're far, far more expert than me about. Yes, so um, Somerset actually has a, the, uh, an, uh, get my words an above average rate, um, not rating, what's the word? So yes, uh, an above average suicide rate. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for for the whole of the UK. So we are actually... I think the average is like 1.1 and we're at 1.7. Um, so particularly in Somerset, obviously we have rural areas. Um, we're a lot more isolated. And yeah, so particularly for Somerset, we have high levels of suicide across men and women and young young people. Um, and yeah, and each of these suicides, up to 120 people are affected Um professionally personally um so if you imagine how many suicides are happening every day and all those are people that are affected but aren't able to reach out um we find a lot of professionals don't want to reach out because they don't feel that they are that close to whoever they lose um so there's a lot of work at the minute in making sure that professionals are accessing support um obviously with vicarious trauma and everything we want to make sure the professionals are feeling supported with suicides and uh, I, i'll mention something uh, another sad fact I was, I was shocked when i read the the figures for suicide in somerset um but of course another high risk group are medical professionals uh doctors generally have quite high rates of suicide as do dentists and other professionals steve what do you think the the high rates in in somerset are, are down to is it is it just isolation is it rurality is it social deprivation? What what do you think is going on? Um, I, I, it's it's difficult to say to pin it down to any one thing because I think if you look at what's happened in the world since the you know the pandemic and you know the all the situations with the you know the the costs of living and things like that, I think you know all of these things have a, a huge impact on us, uh, you know, in, in our everyday life. And I think when you, you know, add into that mix, you know, things like, 
you know isolation um uh you know things like that it, it, it it's one of those things that kind of it's a kind of snowball effect i guess um but um yeah it, it is it is a it is a sad thing to you know to be in these these peer groups and to have you know often so many people there and to realize that you know something like this is is not such a you know a rare case anymore it's it's all too you know it's just there's too much of it absolutely and and certainly um a patient i had who attempted suicide it was because of debts from from gambling unfortunately so we we know that the financial situation can have an effect we've dwelt today mainly on support for people who've been bereaved by suicide but i think it's worth as as we're coming to the end of it, just giving a few, uh, ha- a bit of help for people who might be having some suicidal thoughts, who might be struggling uh, with their own feelings of being low and, and feeling that that maybe the only way out that they can see is, is suicide. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the support that's available, maybe some tips for people who are struggling with thoughts like that? Sammy, do you want to go first? But like Steve said earlier, we have the Orange Button Scheme. And if anyone is feeling um, suicidal to in, to reach out to someone wearing the Orange Button. Um, we also have services like Mindline, which are 24-7. They can offer 30 minutes of emotional support if you're in Somerset or 15 minutes if you're outside of Somerset. And within Mindline, we can refer to Crisis Safe Space. So if someone is needing just a little bit more support um, and to go through different things, like you said, some people might have debt issues, um, drugs and alcohol issues. So we can, Mindline can help navigate between different services and making sure that people are getting the right support that they need. Fantastic. And Mindline, I'll give the number, though a lot of our listeners will know it by heart by now. It's 01823. 276892 or free phone 0800 138 1692. And we've also got Mindline uh, live web chat available every day from 8 pm to 11 pm, or you can email support at openmentalhealth.org.uk. Steve, what would you like to add? Um, I think with all the the, the services out there like like um like sammy said uh the important thing to remember i would say is is don't suffer in silence um speak to someone if it can't be someone close to you then look for someone with the orange button phone mind line but don't think you're alone because there are people out there who will listen that's great advice and i i think I'd reiterate that for anyone going through any sorts of problems, you are not alone. There's a lot of help out there, both here in Somerset and and nationally and indeed internationally. So uh, please reach out for help if you're struggling uh, with thoughts of uh, suicide or or other uh, difficult thoughts. Sammy and Steve, last words. What would you like to leave our listeners with? with world suicide prevention day the theme of it is creating hope through through action and i really hope that people can see that 
particularly on Saturday, but every day that actually there is hope out there. Um, some days it's really small, but just to cling on to those little moments and little pockets of hope when you can. Thank you. And Steve? Yeah, I would I would I would echo that as well. Um yeah, there's there is a silver lining out there somewhere. Just don't be afraid to look for it. Well, thank you both for demonstrating hope through action uh, in everything that you do and for sharing your inspirational and um, deeply touching stories today. Thank you all. And uh, to to our listeners out there, go well. And remember, if you need help, it's out there. Please reach out. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by our team of doctors from NHS Somerset, including Dr. Andrew Tresida, Dr. Peter Bagshaw and Dr. Sarah Cooper. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group 